Hello and welcome to HDF60 with Grant and Chris. Hi, hello and welcome. This is a very we're, quiet introduction. We're here, we're here today to talk about role playing games. Whether you want us to or not, please want us to. Please want us to be very, very lonely. Very, very sad, very small. <laughs> don't, hello don't, and welcome. Don't hurt us with, with internet words. Hello and welcome to Archdash Friends episode 60, coming to you live from your pocket. <laughs> but we won't be a trouble. We're hiding in the little box in your pocket that makes words and internet come out. Yes, but not like the main bit of the pocket, like, you know, on jeans, that little pocket that you have that you think is for change, but you never use that pocket. I think it's for what? I didn't hear you. Change. It's not for change, though, is it? You could put, like, a coin in there. But what is it for, then? I put I put my ring in there when I take my ring off to wash my hands. That's not what it's for, though, is it? It's not a it's, specific ring pocket, is it? Is it for drugs? I don't think so, because that's obvious. You could put a teeth in there. A teeth. A teeth. <laughs> or some teeth. <laughs> Are those all yours? Some of them. It would be a <laughs> spit out a mouthful of teeth. I think it's quite hard to put, like, anything... Nothing's the right size. You see, like, I know it's not a specific ring pocket. I think it might be, like, a callback... I think it was a watch pocket. So you'd put your pocket watch in that bit, and, there, and like, it wouldn't get scratched. It was, Where it do was you link the other bit to? Um, To your belt loop. Okay. I guess. I don't know, man. <laughs> Just bend down and stare at your crotch every time you're another time. <laughs> now you take it out. It's balls of cock. <laughs> now, like, you take it out and pop it open. Um, and then when everyone leaves because you just... No. You, t- <laughs> you, 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 you take the watch out and say, Oh, it's half past three. Time to go in for my briefcase appointment. And then you fold it up and then put it back in the little pocket, in the little watch pocket. It's cock o'clock. Dames, beware. It's like the little... <laughs> It's like the little uh, little pockets on whiskers. The little pockets on whistles? That's where the sound what? comes out. Oh, whiskers. Oh, whiskers. Wa- waistcoats, or as I suppose, as the colliers call them, vests. The colliers? The colonies. Oh. <laughs> why, was... why, why are people who work in coal mines wearing whiskers? <laughs> well, th- don't, don't they deserve to get fancy? They do deserve to get fancy. I was walking through um, Newtown in, in Sydney one time. We, we were walking back through Newtown from... Uh, we went to see a... Uh, a documentary on a weird ARG that was being funded privately, and I was walking back, and I it was a while ago, and I was wearing a waistcoat, um, and like someone wanted to get a little bit dressed up, you know, because I, I was going out. That's fair. So it's a night in the town. I had, I had a waistcoat on, and me and uh, Billy and his mate, we were all walking back, and this and this car drove past, and this woman leaned out and just yelled, "You're wearing a vest!" <laughs> and then and then drove off. <laughs> You're driving a car. <laughs> I know, I put it on. You, ha- you have to make more of a comment than that. I upsetting. Get, I mean, what's the thing? It wasn't really upsetting, because she didn't say anything about it? No, it was more of a statement. I've got to feel she wasn't supportive of my choice. Okay. Otherwise, because, why yell it from a car? Because it wasn't like, you're wearing a vest. Oh my God, impregnate me immediately. It wasn't that. <laughs> It was, it was your worrying a, a, a bit like I suppose it was you that like a prick right right I guess I did kind of like a prick no one looks that good in the waistcoat everyone just looks a bit like a waiter yeah you've got, you've got to be somewhere with a towel over your arm yeah hello welcome no not yet proper intro
Hello. Fancy seeing you here in Hearty Dice Friends episode 60. I'm sure you're well aware I'm Grant Howitt, and I'm joined, as ever, by my best friend in the whole wide world, Christopher Taylor. Hello, Chris. Hello. You sound a bit different this week. I sound very different this week. I'm in my new office. <gasps> An office? An office. And it is currently barren, aside from all my electronics. There is nothing in this white tomb. You have a nice glass desk. I glass do. desk to bounce your voice off. Yes. And I'm staring at plain white walls. Well, it sounds a little grim, but it also sounds significantly better than your old arrangement, which was to sort of pull the microphone over to the bed in which you slept, and then mumble into it. I'm very tired now. Will you get on with the episode? Well, you got an office, and the thing I've done this week is... Oh, I ran six kilometres. That sounds insane. I say ran. I mean, you know speed walking... I've seen old ladies do it, yes. Well, not, not, not old ladies, but like it's like fucking Olympic sport. And they do that weird... Oh, it's wobble- not. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they do that weird... Just because you don't like it doesn't matter. Listen, they do that weird sort of wobbly hip run. Like, yeah. I, th- I think the rule is you can't have both your feet come off the ground at once, but you have to move as fast as possible. <laughs> no jumping. Which is, which, which is like really strange as far as sports go. Yes, that is an odd rule. Limitations, but hey ho, you know what? Webs, webs, you know. Um, But we weren't we weren't running, but more we were going as the slowest possible speed that we would get kicked out of a speed walking contest. (laughs) You were definitely not ambling, though. No, like my feet were coming off the ground. Um, and I had to. I, I was running with my partner Mary, and I had to sort of keep looping back round because she's only got little legs, <laughs> <laughs> and she was running hella slow, uh, mainly because she was she, she she has an understanding of of, of her of her body and was like I can't run six kilometers at, at full pelt. Whereas um, you have no such limitations. I have no such limitations, and basically crawled the last kilometer. Yeah, but it was how it was did you good. get home? Um, taxi. Yeah. No, we walked, we walked. Uh, also, I'm sorry if you can hear on the recording, uh, so, someone is apparently just hitting my roof. So that's fun. Is it upstairs. Santa? Um, I hope not, because we don't have a fucking chimney. He's, like, I mean, if, if it is Santa, he's currently trying to break through the floor um, and really bothering the West African family who live upstairs. Yeah, well, he's like, this is, this is, this is, a, this is an individual who gives toys to every child in the world. Mm-hmm. He's got to get the money for that somehow. Oh, robbing flats in East London. Yeah, that's 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 what he does. Three hundred and sixty-four <laughs> days a year <laughs> to fund the last day. It's all, done, it's, day. It's, it's, it's all then laundered through um, laundrettes and um, pachinko parlors. Laundrettes, huh? Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just going to run a quick question past you here, Christopher. What do you think money laundering is? Money laundering is where you put money into a system and take out clean money. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you take out clean money. How do you think this money is cleaned? <laughs> By being different money, Grant. Not, I'm not suggesting that they put the money into the washing machines. Well, you did Shine say, it up. You did say they use laundrettes to launder money. I just wanted to make sure in case you embarrassed yourself in front of someone who matters. Money. I guess so. Pachinko piles are good, though. Yeah. Those are good. Anywhere where there's a lot of money going in and out regularly. Yeah. I I ran. I did it. 
it was very slow running. Um, I might have gotten signed up to a half marathon in Bath next year. What? How did that happen? Did so? Do you just get attacked whilst running? Like you, you, you're running. Come a to man, Bath. A man lunged out of the bushes, and I had to get him to stop. So I told him, like he was, he was wearing a lot of, he had a lot of Morrison's bags stapled together. And there's not even like, he's wearing them. There's not even a Morrison's around here, which <laughs> is the weird thing. A what? Sorry, a clipboard. Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, ah, and, that's how they um, get you. Yeah, and so I had to sign up to the Bath Marathon. Uh, no, my my uh, my family are doing it, so so I figured I uh, well, my family in law, a lot of them are doing it, so I figured why not? You know, it can't be that hard. I'm basically the youngest one there. I should do this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to do that and in other news I got the new God of War good boy boy come here boy boy shoot this man boy but papa I'm only weak boy (laughs) please tell me the boy actually says that Uh, he doesn't call him papa oh Um, like there's, there's a lot of discussion about how the boy used to be sick sorry about how boy used to be sick uh, and now, boys, okay. Um, but like the the like the narrative running through is that boy doesn't know that Kratos is a god. Okay. Like like he like he moved away from Greece and or Rome to hang out with uh, with Scandinavians in um, Scandinavia. Scandinavia, yeah. It's not made. I don't really remember which one it is. Viking land, you know. Yeah, I know the um, one well. Yeah, and so. Um, he he goes. Uh, he 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 married a lady um, who was obviously fairly powerful, and then they had a son. Uh, but at no point did Kratos as a god come up, and so like Kratos will do things like <sighs> lift rocks the size of transit vans or bigger, and 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 boy, it's just like oh, this this all seems normal. This all <laughs> seems great, and then like there's a character being Kratos. Someday he will find out that you are a god, and it will be a difficult pill to swallow. It's like, yeah, of course he fucking will. If he if he ever meets another human, he'll figure it out. Yeah. Why is my dad ashen white, covered in red, and also he's got chains instead of hands? Anyway, um, um, uh, uh, um, cosplay da- convention. Daddy has to go hunting. Boy, 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 shoot the deer, boy. Um. So that's I've been really enjoying that. It's got a lovely combat system, but this is not a video games podcast. This is a role playing games podcast. That is correct, Grant. So how about we answer some of them big fat daddy questions? Let's steer this crazy shit back to the theme. <laughs> <laughs> All aboard. <laughs> so Grant. Yes, Chris. Which do you prefer? Class based mm-hmm. or class less systems and why? By the Bob four two seven. I like class-based systems because they're shorthand. Because <laughs> they're easier. Because they're easier. Because well, it's it's like I think it comes back to um, I'm not sure whether we've discussed this on the podcast before, but silhouetting, like the silhouettes in in Team Fortress Two, mm-hmm. uh, you can instantly tell. Um, actually, let's 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 let's, uh, let's not have Team Fortress Two. Let's go for um, World of Warcraft or okay. Guild or Guild Wars. You can generally tell what class someone is just by looking at their character and by the outline of their character, the mm-hmm. style of clothes they're wearing, the uh, the effects they're doing, the way they're moving. You can the size tell of their pauldrons. The size of their pauldrons. You can tell what, what class someone is in Guild Wars. Conversely, in The Secret World, a classless skill-based system, you have no idea what anyone can do at any point. Yeah. Even often while they're doing it to you. Because <laughs> it's just colours. It's just colours. 
my uh, my my favourite secret um, secret world uh, tank build was just called Visual Noise, and it was designed to create as much cruft on screen as possible, so Chris could not see or heal me. Yes, it was Still super worked. useful. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, well, I figured you just sort of aimed at the um, the conflagration off to the side. <laughs> yeah. uh, aimed at the woman with blue hair yelling into a hammer. But I'm like, yes. Go there on. is something to be said for classless systems. What is it? Customization. Like I you suppose can, so. You can craft exactly what you want. The problem is that nine times out of ten, what people craft is a warrior mm. or a wizard. Mm. Very rarely do you get those proper sort of boundary crossing. Well, creations. I think. I think that having having. Um, Having constrictions to work within inspires creativity. So you can just play a wizard, but it's like, oh, well, what's your wizard? What's 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 special about it? How are you inverting the tropes? What are you playing with? And then if you look at something like World of Darkness, which is um, which is skill based rather than class based, which is classless, it everyone ends up quite muddy. Yeah. It's not. It's not really clear. And like they have, um, I, I, I say that's, that's that's classless. If you if you look at anything with a supernatural uh, template on it, which is most of all the darkness, you have you don't have classes, but you've got your uh, what what kind of vampire you are and what kind of politics you have, mm-hmm. and those function effectively as classes. Yeah, I mean one of the one of the big issues with classless is that it's very possible to make a bad character. Yeah, like a non-functional yeah. character, super hard to balance them. Whereas when you're in a class system, mm. you can't generally you can't make a character that just falls over dead because they're so rubbish. Yeah, they've got they've got some some room to maneuver. Yeah, and it's that um, focus mm. that the class gives you that I really enjoy. I, and also, I think like classes let you tell stories about the world without worrying too much about writing it down in, in background. So if 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 say for example a, a fighter is a class, then there's then that that in that informs an important part of your game and the sort of people who are there. Yeah, and also the the inverse of that, if there isn't a fighter class there's only spellcaster types. Mm. Then that very much informs the world as well. Like well why yeah. aren't there fighter types? I mean that seems like an odd class to pick for that admittedly mm. but it it does inform the world and gives you a little bit more setting just from that yeah i so as a as a, as a little aside uh, i have uh we were a little short on questions this week because because uh, the the reddit the, the reddit was, was underperforming so what i thought i'd do was i'd ask google some questions and i'd see what sort of questions people are asking google because we're better than google we're better than Google, and also like I wanted to get in on the zeitgeist of what people are worried about, what their concerns are, and you mentioned fighters and wizards, Chris. So mm-hmm. here are actually this is why here are the most popular questions asked in Google when you type in "Are fighters are fighters attractive?" <laughs> are, are fight are, so are fighters attractive? Uh, I'd argue yes. I'd say that they're probably the least attractive of the classes because they get punched in the face all day. I don't know. I kind of like that. You, you're like you, you're like a face with character with history. Yeah, that is hmm. evident upon the face. Are fighters dumb? No, not necessarily. Are fighters good in bed? I'd argue that that really looped back to the first point. 
um, but isn't a necessary clause. Mm. Mm. I think it's probably rogues are probably the best in bed, aren't they? Why is that? High decks, high charisma. I guess they don't have to have high charisma though. Well, no, I guess not. I think I think that you know it's it's an ongoing conversation with different levels of intensity. That's how I <laughs> that's how I view bedtime fun. I mean, if you're looking at just charisma, then, it, then it's all sorcerers. The sorcerer. Yeah, the sorcerers. Mm. Yeah. There's also it's also someone has asked the question: Are MMA fighters gay? Some of them, yes. But not all of them. No. It is quite homoerotic. That's hmm, that didn't that didn't work out quite as well as I'd hoped it was. Let's, no, let's, let's, I do let's like try. I do like further down this list, which is just, where it just gets bizarre. Just like are Foo Fighters Nirvana? Mm. No. no, no. I'm gonna ask. Uh, so I asked another one, which which was do wizards. We'll see what do wizards has. Do wizards exist? <laughs> no. Do wizards attack dragons? Yes, they do. Do wizards pay taxes? <laughs> I'd argue that they should. Um, well, if they've been dodging it for some time, then that's a legal issue that needs to be brought do up at a local believe level. believe in God? Some do. I don't mm. think it's necessary, though. Do wizards play tonight? <laughs> I wizards assume... play every night. Oh, oh baby. Yeah. I assume that's some sort of um, football team or basketball team. <laughs> the last entry in this is beautiful. What? Do wizards have powers? One would hope. I think that is the definition of a wizard. <laughs> I got a question for you. Ask. Always be questioning. Good day. Asks ABQ. What TRPGs are terrible for one shots and only work with campaigns, whether short or long? Oh God. So many. Most. Most. Most of them. Like most of them aren't designed for. For one shots, like I've just been reading um, Red Markets, mm. and although the the author does mention one shots in the the mm. blurb, it is so set up for campaign games. It's a fat book, isn't it? It's a it's, oh, it's a big daddy book. Oh, <laughs> how, it's like six hundred pages. Oh, for dude, that's a lot, isn't it? It is. Huge. That's a lot of words. Yeah, I thought Spire was quite colossal. beefy. Um, and like, there's a section where he's talking about a job, um, a mission, uh-huh. um, and how and how easy and quick it is to write them. Hmm. And it's like they only need to be about a thousand words long. That's quite. Like, that's too many. That's um, mm. like you can do a one shot and stuff. I mean, like you 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 write one shot games that go on a single page of A4. Hmm. Yeah, they're less than a thousand words. Yeah, some of those are campaign games. Some of them are actually, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, oh, Golden the one C. about the Golden Sea, that's it. Yeah. On the subject of this, we were we were discussing. Uh, so Chris is uh, is rereading Masks of Nilarthotep at the moment. Yes. Um, and he he informed me about the Masks of Nilarthotep companion. <laughs> yes. Can you explain to the readers what this is? So just quickly, Masks of Nilarthotep is a mm. huge Call of Cthulhu campaign. It's, it's globe spanning. Yeah, it's it's very famous. Mm. Um, very much a meat grinder of an adventure. <laughs> it just destroys you very quickly. But there is a companion by the lovely people at um to aid you in running this game. And that is 500 pages long. Mm. It is twice the length of the adventure. Mm. That 
so that's about 800 pages all told. Yeah, about that. Together. That seems like a lot, doesn't it? It does. But then that again, seems... like, the campaign's meant to last you a year. Meant to last you a what, sorry? A year of games. Uh, maybe, maybe we're... You know, like, we've gotten into the business of writing role-playing games. Yeah, we've we gotten into this, and part and part and parcel of writing role playing games, if, especially if you have a setting, is that you write adventures, you write uh, stories that people can tell in the, uh, in the in those role playing games. And I find that so difficult and boring. <laughs> it isn't easy. Like it's much it's much more difficult and boring than writing the rules or playing the game. Yes, and it's just like it's it's like it's. It's really weird. Like the game should make that happen. You shouldn't have to tell people what to do. But I get yeah. it. I get it. Like people, people want to have guidance around that. And you know, I mean, like I've, I've read some really brilliant adventure settings. I never, I don't think I've ever run anything out of a book. I've run a couple over the years. I mean, I I started very young, so yeah. there wasn't, especially when I was that young, there was no way I was just going to add a book a game. I remember. I was. I was. I was testing. Um, I was I was I was reviewing a fifth ed uh, module for a website many moons ago, but it, but like sorry, it was a fourth ed module. I, I, I was reviewing for I forget, and we had all the characters started up, and like and like we went like we went through, and they were fighting these these frost orcs, so like like these orcs that had painted their skin white, and okay. like and they'd lunge out the snow, like kind of a cool image, except. Yeah. Except uh, the orcs shout, shouted something like "Broco!" every time they arrived. Okay, Broco, and like that was the name of their god or their or their or their clan leader, whatever. And I, I got to that bit in the text. And I was like, "The orcs yell Broco." I was like, "No, they fucking don't." And that for me, that was a real problem for me. <laughs> that is a hurdle. Yeah, like, I'm not. No, they I'm not fucking doing don't. That. There's no way I'm. Actually, no. That. Tell a lie. I did. I did. I ran the adventure in the back of the fighting fantasy role playing game, uh, which has uh, four pages of intro text, two of which are in character. <laughs> which is not what you want to do when you're 13. No, no. I still remember. I had the the original like paperback versions of the Dragon Warriors RPG books. What, what are the Dragon Warriors RPG books? Dragon Warriors is um, it's a role playing game. It's a British-made role-playing game. Okay. Um, but the books came in, like, pulp novel format. Yeah. Um, so they were, they were very small books, but very dense. Mm. And one of the adventures in one of those has three pages of read-aloud text to start an adventure. Yeah. And that's... That's a lot of setup. I don't... Nobody's got time for that. No. We're busy what? people. Oh, sorry, other people are busy people. Well, we're busy-ish. Yeah, we are. I was busy once. I hated it. I remember. <laughs> Vowed never to do it again. No, we just put out a game. We're doing, you know, we're doing all right. Yeah. If I were working, shut up. But back, back to the question, Mum. Back to the question. Yeah. Hey, questions. Mm-hmm. What tabletop RPGs are terrible for one shots? Uh, I think any RPG with a lot of rules, or a lot of setting, or yeah, or a very deep and involved setting. Mm. I think like. It, like a lot of rules depends. So like I'd argue that Dungeons and Dragons is terrible for one shots. Yeah. 
because you're like a lot of the play of Dungeons and Dragons is having your character increase in level, and also the fun part of the book, chapter seven, I think, all the spells. Mm-hmm. Those are so hugely confusing. Just how many you get to cast in a day is confusing, and I've been running this shit for fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I guess like, two. I guess it doesn't really matter. Just, just cast them. I don't care. Yeah, knock, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. It's fine. I, I, I've got infinite orcs in my back pocket. Whatever. Yeah, but then other games like Call of Cthulhu, Delta Green, lend yeah. themselves perfectly to one shots because of the down. setting. Yeah. Like the rules are fairly complex, especially in Delta Green's case. Well, hmm. I'm not saying they're massively complex, but I'm saying they're more than one page RPG. Like they're involved. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, but that's, that's, that's the thing. I think like w- when you have one page RPGs, there's generally a lot of you have to rely on the GM and the players to fill in the gaps. Yeah. And the shorter an RPG is, the more, generally the more um, pressure it puts on the GM to to steer and make judgments. Whereas something like Call of Cthulhu, there's that initial sort of um, understanding of what the rules do, but you've literally got everything you can do written down in front of you on a sheet. Yeah, that's true. And also, like, I mean, especially with Cthulhu, there's everybody knows the Cthulhu mythos who plays RPGs. Yeah. And if you don't, it's fine. <laughs> It's totally your character's not supposed to know it. Yeah, I got, like um, so, like we played uh, we played Marcel and Arthur Tep, uh, not not a one shot many uh, many moons ago. Chris ran it, and I had no fucking clue about Cthulhu. I knew it was interesting, and I was mates with Chris, and I think like Chris wanted me to be in the game because it wasn't a great group we had no. actually. From what no, I can you recall, need, you need, I needed a doer. <laughs> yeah, you, you need someone who will run tits out at the plot. Yes. Like, oh, that looks like a clue. Let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I, I knew nothing about Call of Cthulhu, but I thought that I'd, I'd, I'd progress through. And then, um, like, we were, we were, we were investigating New York, and we went to this basement, and there was a sign drawn on the wall. And um, you drew the sign on a bit of paper, held it up, and like half the other players went, "Oh, oh shit!" And I was like, "Oh, what is it? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's out of character knowledge." Oh, right. Okay. Cool. Brilliant. Thanks, lads. That's great. <laughs> Um, it was, it was just, just... sorry that 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 shitty reaction from the man who rewrote Paranoia, the most in joke game in the world. I try, I tried, I tried to take away some of the in jokes. <laughs> I tried to make them out jokes, by which I mean put them in the back garden until they starve to death. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I think. Um, a lot of our a lot of our bollocks games that that, that, we, that I or we have written on one page is good for one shots. But aside from that, I think something like um, I think you're right on the BRP front. I think that you like you, you can get a fair amount of mileage out of that, and people understand that um, the skills are largely self-explanatory, and that's your chance of success. And the GM will give you penalties or bonuses depending on how easy or difficult the task is. Go. Yeah. Um, I think the but the worst one, uh, the absolute worst, Dark Heresy. Oh my god, that would be terrible. That would be appalling. Um, the old shelf. Having to teach somebody all the Dark Heresy rules, and, just for and, a one and shot. And the law. And the law for a one and, shot. Like Dark Heresy has so many little subsystems squirreled away within it as well. Yeah. Um, Burning Wheel. I've never played Burning Wheel. It's not comprehensible. <laughs> it I don't comes understand. In a very small it, book. It cannot be understood, it, Chris. It has three different kinds of willpower. That's not okay. 
Um, look, I, it comes highly recommended. Uh, Burning I'm, Quill. I'm like, sure, but like, why not just play Feng Shui? Well, it's different. Very different from that. i got a question for you. Count Ravioli asks, if you assign an animal an occupation, does that automatically make it funny? Yes, 100% of the time. Um, what if the occupation was a bad occupation? There are no bad occupations for animals. Uh, what if it's a cow that's a butcher? That's hilarious. It's murdering its kin. No, it's not. Butchers don't do the killing. All right, a cow that works in a slaughterhouse. That's even funnier. Like, I guess like it's, it's fumbling with the bolt gun trying to brain its mates. Yeah, or it's just really cold and calculating with those little circular Nazi glasses. I mean, like, most animals that have dogs... Most animals that have dogs. Most animals that have dogs are humans. Most animals that have jobs... We're talking dogs. Dogs with jobs. Dogs with jobs, yeah. So, like, sniffing for drugs, uh, helping people with disabilities, and... See, that's funny in and of itself. What, what, What? Helping the blind is funny. No, not help. No, the dog. Jesus Christ, Chris! Never help the blind. No people they can, too. They can do it themselves. They're just faking. <laughs> um, sorry, why is why is it funny to help the blind? It's not funny to help the blind. Go on. It's funny to have a dog help the blind because all you need is a sausage, and you've suddenly got a magical mystery tour. <laughs> I think they're trained to resist sausages. I make good sausages. Right? I make a good. I make. I make. I make delicious dog lifting sausages. They'll get a, they'll get a, a, a sniff of that of that heady waft coming off the sausage and veer towards me, Scooby Doo style. Exactly. And suddenly they're on a roller coaster, wondering what's going on. Now, trick. Now, not a trick question. Here's the next question: If if when a dog smells something particularly delicious, it lifts up and hovers towards it, right? Yes. That, that's established. That, that, that's an established fact. That's a rule of law. If the blind person can't smell the sausage. Are they going to be lifted up as well? Or are they just going to be dragged along behind no, the floating dog? No, it depends on how high you lift the dog. Mm. So if you lift the dog above six feet, then probably the person will also be lifted. Mm. I guess they're just going to swing at that point, aren't they? Yeah, they'll just dangle like a balloon. Yeah. Or, 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 or maybe like let go of the of the dog. I don't think they're allowed to do that, are they? I don't, it's not, it's not like I don't, know, I don't know what the rules are. It's not like they're handcuffed to the dog. Oh, I assumed it was like a heist. <laughs> Like you get the dog, it turns to you and goes, and then slaps a handcuff on your wrist and, and, and on its. Yeah, I guess I guess handcuffs don't work on dogs. You'd have to have a leash because they could just take their hands out and more easily available as well. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Dog cuffs. What about a giraffe looking after a crash? It would have so many problems and hilarious ones. That's yeah, it's very funny. Uh, what about a giraffe that worked in air traffic control? <laughs> Fantastic! That's great, isn't it? That's, that's automatically funny. You could just imagine it, you know, with those like lights guiding planes in, mm. but doing it with its whipping neck. Mm. What about a gorilla that um, worked to um, bring down the amount of disability support available in the UK? I think that's funny, but mean. I guess it is funnier than a person doing it. It's a lot funnier than a person doing it. I'm not saying it's a noble goal in any way. Like, like I, I went into this question thinking there's got to be a job that animal doing isn't funny, but it's kind. It's like it's kind of funny, isn't it? Yep. Doesn't matter what it is. Could be the worst thing ever. Like, like it's so. It's the person that throws the switch on the electric chair. Mm. If it's a lemur, it's funny. 
sea cumber masseuse. Hilarious. Sea Grotesque. Cucumber. As long as you're not the one lying on the table. That's true, yeah. Funny. Octopus dog killer. <laughs> That's great. Which is which is actually my favourite anime character. <laughs> is he a space bounty hunter? Actually, sorry, I'm very sorry. Octopus dog killer is my favourite um, Japanese prog band. There we go. That works. No, you're right. You're right. Every animal is funny when you give it a job. Yeah. We should make a table. Ask me a question. <laughs> a T100 table. Dogs to jobs. Mm. Um, Epiphanist1248 asks, mm-hmm. how do you handle in-game romance? Mm. When I was a young, a young man, boy, my father took me into the city to join the Black Parade. Also, when I was a young man, I used to run role-playing games. And I didn't... I'm sorry that I did the My Chemical Romance thing there. That's fine. I joined I in. Just, I, th- I thought the, you yeah. needed the support. Yeah. Um, I used to have romance strictly off-camera. Like, I, 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 like, I mean, the rule I had was nothing fucks anything else. Was the rule I had. And I'm like, I still don't... I'm still not really into explicit descriptions of sexuality. Because it's a bit creepy... You know, like, like what what levels are we talking over here? Are we talking like days fucking um, or uh, kisses? Um, kissing is cool, and then you would, and then once it escalates to kissing, the camera would just pan away. Okay, like, I just need to, uh, I just need to know the levels here. I need kissing is cool, and then you'd throw diaphanous silken sheets in front of the camera. <laughs> sort of dance of the seven veils way. Did you ever watch uh, Red Shoe Diaries when you were a kid? No, never heard of it. Uh, it was a, it was a softcore pornography that used to be on like Living TV or it was on Bravo, I think. But like it was it was like shot in the Red Shoe Diaries was shot in a classy way. Oh, I see. Um, like I think I think like the idea was it was it was erotica rather than pornography. Right, that was the pitch, and like it was it was we, I, I made do, you know. <laughs> I mean, I had the internet at eleven, so oh, jings. But they, um, I wasn't dial up until 16. I think I was for a while as well. But um, every time that a character, like, like they wouldn't really show transitions. They had a lot of cuts. Right. And, gen- and generally, you'd, you'd have, like, two characters, mm, kissing, oh, well, ah. And, the, and, and, and everything was all very elegantly lit. And then there'd be a shot of a curtain <laughs> blowing in the wind. And it would be very gauzy overlay, and then that shot would overlay with like some baps or something, right? Um, or like, or like, gen- well, because because they couldn't show any genitals or really have the sex go on for that long because it was about half story, half sex. So like, you just see someone's head bobbing up and down, and a man being, <laughs> like, a man being like, "Oh, that's the, that's that's the bee's knees. That's the ticket. That's <laughs> that's just what the doctor ordered." Hey, don't, don't don't tell everyone my sexiest moves. Soft softcore porn is hilarious. It just is. Can it we talk about that? Any, we can. Like, I don't mind. Like, by 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 softcore pornography, I mean pornography which has actual hardcore elements, but which is shot as softcore, right? Or is edited to appear softcore. Yeah, because that's just that's just. Like so much of it is just off screen. It's it's, it's like a fucking Greek play. <laughs> it's like it's the equivalent of having two characters run on and say, "Ah, oh, Amy Adams is having sex outside. How fantastic!" 
<laughs> I'll draw you a picture. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I've I've not seen a lot of ancient Greek theatre. Is that how it goes? Yes. Like like rather than kill someone, they just run on and say, "Oh, he's dead. He is he is deceased. It is over. Mm. Mm. Lament, yeah. lament." So there's just there's an awful lot of shots of like heads bobbing up and down or people going, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> Maybe they just like heard a really funky track. Just... <laughs> wow, that is the ticket. Yeah. Hey, Marvin. Yeah, Marvin. This is your brother. <laughs> <laughs> what about sound you've been looking for? <laughs> well, here it is. <sighs> like, no, it's not quite. Sorry, they, they were in the porn. They weren't listening to the porn. Yep. Anyway. Um, what was the question? Animals with jobs? How do you handle in-game romance? Oh, just like this. I make jokes about it until it stops. Yep. Um, no, I've, I've, had, I've had a couple of characters have some romances and stuff, and I think it depends on the game, if it's set up for it. Uh, if you've got a group who know each other well and who trust each other, that's cool. I think that if it's a one-shot, don't bother. Yeah. Um, and honestly... I think it's much more interesting to have ex-husbands and ex-wives and ex-spouses and people who used to be together but now aren't. Yeah, I mean... That's that, that's a more interesting story because, like, you've got that level of intimacy established but you're not happy with it. And that dry... But you're forced into a relationship... Uh, into a situation. Like, every Honey Heist game I run, two I try to get two of the bears as um, used to be married and now are divorced. Right. Because that's hilarious. Well, because that's why we play RPGs, isn't it? It's for conflict. Yeah. Like, I can't think of that many RPGs that don't have conflict in them at all. No, and, like, like it's... Well, a lot of it arises out of the Western method of telling stories. Like, if you look at... Um, I think, again, I think I've discussed this on the podcast before, so stop me if, if you remember, and please write in if I have. But there's the, like, a traditional Western method of telling stories is... There is a character, there is an adversity, the character uses their traits to overcome the adversity and is victorious. Yep. Whereas in like in Japanese storytelling and why a lot of animes come across as weird is that you'll have uh here is a character, here is a situation, an unrelated thing occurs, not much has changed. <laughs> yep. And hence Azumanga Dio. Hence Azumanga Dio, which, which I fucking love. Yeah. I, also, I, I've been watching a show called uh, Agretsuko. Called recently. what? Sorry, Agretsuko. Oh yes, the on the on the Netflix, mm, which is about a red panda who sings death metal to get over her stress as uh, as, as, as an accountant. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> no, I've heard good things. It's basically a slice of life drama, which happens to be about a death metal raccoon. So yeah, please watch that. Anyway, um, I if you if you've got a group that trusts each other, that's absolutely fine, you know. And if and if, if you've got a one shot, if you've got a uh, a group of people who aren't super comfortable with each other or aren't aren't prepped for that, then I think steering it away from that is probably best because it's a really easy way to get creepy. Yeah, and I think it helps if the the RPG in question has a system for dealing with that sort of thing, like Monster Hearts. Yeah, like Monster Hearts, and that's basically the game that does it. Yeah, and uh, like doing it in BRP mm. is just a role playing concern, and it's just you acting out a romance. Yeah, it's, whereas it's you've got something to fall back on in Monster Hearts, and like if things are getting too too intimate for you to comfortably handle, mm. 
Yeah, you can you, just fall can, back to rules. You can switch out to dice, and also like the game, the game expressly encourages players to like roll when acting against one another, as it mm. were, or acting upon one another. Whereas in most role playing games, the idea of rolling when you're interacting with another character is really gross. Yeah, it's like, well, I want, uh, I want to convince you to come to like to come on this adventure with me. Well, I don't want to go. Well, I'll roll you. Ah, I, I beat your willpower score. I, you come on the adventure with me. Ah, okay, let's not do that. Mm, fuck off. And the whole sort of thing about about rolling for seduction as well is kind of yeah, weird. That's, that's weird. That is weird. Just just like just just discover common interests until one of you fucks. Yeah. You know, that's good. isn't that how it works? I don't know. <laughs> that's the basics. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, how do you handle it? Um, I honestly, it rarely comes up in my games. Mm. Like when I'm running, they're normally horror games. Mm. And where there's not a lot of time for that, unless it's already established. Yeah, and and and, and then it's and it's it's not going to be um, let's let let let's kiss and rub our bum, bums together. It's more going to be I have to save her from the monster. Yeah, something. exactly. Like like it, it's very rare that it's like wow we've defeated the Shoggoth. Kisses. Mm. Like that doesn't that doesn't really come up. Um, no. And plus, like most of my early RPG experience was with a load of very white, very middle class boys. <laughs> Yes, where this just wasn't talked about. Heaven forbid, it's just not a thing. No, that's, that's entirely fair. So <laughs> I guess I still carry some of that with me. Like I'm a lot more open about it now, but there's still that element of just you just don't put it in the game in case you make somebody uncomfortable. Mm. I, and I don't want I don't I don't want to make somebody uncomfortable so much that I just avoid topics. Yeah, that's fair. I uh, one of the things I've learned I, f- I forget I think it, was, it was like from a Twitter thread I think um, I forget who it was but someone was saying um, one of their character uh, like they, this, uh, he, he was describing a, a paladin or he's describing a character and one of the players went uh, is, is he handsome is he good looking and they were like yeah yeah he's really handsome actually and then they made every character they had really good looking <laughs> Because it's um, and it's, it's it's like and it's like when when you've got some like like you're imagining your sort of archetypical basement dweller GM sort of mm, the lusty maiden unbuckles her bodice <laughs> and pours you another cider. Dare you enter my magical, magical realm? realm? That sort of thing. Uh, that's that's kind of gross. But um, if. If he's like, oh, there's this, there's this beautiful buxom waitress, and also this lantern-jawed, chiselled Adonis working behind the bar, then it's not quite so bad. If yeah. everyone's hot as, and also if everyone's hot as, then if your characters like attractive members of the same or opposite or both sexes or any, or any gender, then that gives them a reason to go along and do the thing, which is the plot. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's great. Like when I was younger. I I did no 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 end of stupid things because I fancied someone. Exactly. I'd probably go into a dungeon if a nice lady asked me. Exactly. Well, of course yeah. you would. Yeah. No, especially if she was like, "There's a magic sword in there." Oh, cool. I like magic yeah, swords. Well, I mean, I'm down. Are you gonna come? Great. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of music are you into? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like uh, math rock? Oh, trance step, eh? Mm. I am leaving. Bye. Oh no, I'm 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 well in if she's into trance step. Is that even a thing? I just made that up because it sounds no, stupid. No, it's it's not into it. It's not. Really. Uh, okay. Uh, good. Okay, actually, Chris, I think it's like um, uh, rule forty-four. Oh right. Is is, is it rule forty-four? Is that, is that the rule? 
if if it exists, there is porn of it. Oh, 34. 34, yeah. Um, I think that if you if you have come up with a uh, with a musical genre, it must exist because you're you're cobbling it together from 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 known elements, yeah. and there are elements that you don't know. Yeah, and all the music is cobbled together from known elements. And some god awful Ibiza DJ has probably done it. Yeah, for sure. Well, probably German. Fair. Well, maybe German, like German in Ibiza, but yeah. Um, there's these, there's this, the, the sort of the the intolerable, the intolerable end of dance music, where you've got people like just a room full of people in terrible glasses and shirts standing basically motionless, while someone <laughs> plays trance. That sounds so awful. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I don't think many of them are even on drugs. Oh God! They're just standing there, like and like nodding. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Experimental techno. Ugh. Nope. Give me some. I can whistle. <laughs> Give me some nice Lego to play with in a chill out room. I got a question for you. Ask me. How does one correctly balance players having a chat and planning what they want in stressful situations with you know shit actually happening? Asks Owen. So the foolproof way that I've always had of doing it is to have somebody in the game who just does shit. Ah, uh, yes. Hello. A, uh, yes. At least one person who doesn't really think about ramifications <laughs> or any kind of fallback and just goes, I've got an idea! I've got an idea! And does it. Um, I've always found that very helpful. Yeah, exactly. I've always found that very helpful because it, mm. if nothing else, it shortens the the amount of talking everybody else does because mm. they know they've got to get it done before somebody else is like stupid. <laughs> I think being that character is a um there's 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 a there's noble and, and ignoble ways of doing it. And I think like when I'm when I'm being that guy it's it's in an attempt to push the story forward to help the GM to get things moving. But there's certainly an element of um of what's the word spotlight stealing. Yeah, no, there and, is, and also like being like doing stuff which isn't pushing the story forward, but you're doing. Oh, I'm going to set the king on fire. No, don't do that. No, come on. Yeah, just I, just do the thing. Play along. So it's a couple of tactics that I employ in my games. Mm-hmm. Um, one is used during during a planning stage, mm-hmm. like where it's explicitly planning, and that, so it's not like um, something's about to burst through a door. What do you do? Yeah. It's, you know, we're planning a heist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what I'll say is, look, I'm going to go get a drink. Mm-hmm. When I come back, mm-hmm. you have to have an answer. Yeah. And don't tell them how long you're going to be. You just go and get a drink. <laughs> what, do, like, do whatever you and, want. And you've just left a fully mixed gin and tonic one step yeah. outside the door. Well. Yeah, you, you, just, you just leave and come back and say, right, what are you doing? Yeah. And they have to give you an answer then. And also, like they're not, they don't ask you more questions about no. the situation. They they just work with what you've got. And I think that that works really well with RGMing style, which is like we don't punish players for things they don't know. No. Um, Whereas if it's the the opposite of that situation, where something's happening very very quickly, mm. like something's bursting through a window, I will just point at somebody. Yeah. And say, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And just interrupt their their bullcrap. Mm. And just, what are you doing? I need to know what you are doing right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm hiding. Good. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing about this? Yes. And that's 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 a nice way of, 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 of shifting things out of the theoretical and into the concrete. But because also, you... it's, 
it's a really useful way of spotlighting a player who hasn't been talking much that yeah, session. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Because you throw it to them first and like, yeah. right, you control the scene now. Because if you say, I should have a hand grenade, hmm. everybody's got to react to what you've just done. Yeah. Um, whereas if you say, uh, uh, I don't know, it's like, okay, you're frozen in fear. What yeah, do you okay. do? Okay, cool. Now you you've move got down two the problems. imaginary initiative order in yeah, my head. Now you've got two problems. You've got mm. a dragon b- breaking down a door and somebody who's not acting. Yeah, who's just staring at the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> do you save that person? Do you not? Yeah. And you get character development and you get interesting moments mm. out of just pointing at somebody and yelling. I think as well, like, I've never used a timer, but I'd be interested in playing with one, like a sand timer. And having like okay, I've given like um, I've given you all the information you need. You need like you need to work out what you're doing. You've got thirty seconds. Go, and yeah. and and they work out what the best thing is. And then like after that, like actually that'd be really interesting to have. Like after that, we're going into combat rounds, and I'm actually going to ban you from talking. Yes, to each so other. you can still discuss, but you each have to do it on initiative. You, you've got six second bursts. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, that could be kind of fun. I think like for, for like for a not every time. No, no, but. Just, just, I mean, to be honest with you, you only have to do it twice before they get on with it. They get the, <laughs> the program. <laughs> yeah, you it's know? training. It's like, yeah. it's like training a dog <laughs> with a taser. Mm. Well, with a timer. Ask me a question. Uh, I will ask you a question. Uh, Bell asks: Red flags for playing with strangers. There's probably quite a few of those, isn't there? Mm. Well, okay, so it's. It's tricky because this this is judging books by their cover, right? Yes, but that's what you've got to do. Say you're playing a game online, and all you've got is that kind of looking for group blurb. Yeah. What sort of things are you looking out for in there? Or when you first sit down at a table, that's an issue if you're playing at a con. If anyone's ever used the word SJW, unironically, then I'm not interested. No, those people are probably rude. Um... (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't play with group people. Thank you very much. Um, I think it's very easy to immediately judge people's uh, respect for um, other people, and I don't mean like in terms of you know civil liberties and that sort of thing, but in terms of talking over you, in yeah. terms of in, in terms of giving your ideas credence and that sort of thing, and. If like if someone is interrupting you at the start of a session, then it's like they're probably going to do that for the whole time. Yes. Um, or, or like um, if someone like makes if someone makes a plan and tells you what you're doing, that's that's never fun. Now it's, it's, it's like I, I'm coming. I'm speaking from a from a position of tremendous privilege here because very few people interrupt me because I'm generally the games master and I'm also a big dude. Yep. We're both big dudes, and um, we generally do the interrupting. Uh, that's just that's just sort of how conversation goes. I've, I've been I've, I've read an article uh, on like on, it was like, hey, by the way, dudes, you're interrupting women. Here's how to stop. And um, yeah, it turns out I am. Yeah, you are. You interrupt yeah. everyone. Well, yeah, it's like, but that's that's the thing. If it's everyone, that's still bad. No, I know, but I'm, I'm all I'm saying is you interrupt everyone. Yeah. Right. Um. And so I'm I'm trying to. Especially with women, I'm trying to um, not say things or apologise for interrupting or try and steer the conversation back to them. That's good. Um, you know, it's diff- it's, it was, it's fu- it was, I read the article and I was like, oh, I don't do that, I'm great. Oh, no. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, I suck. 
I suck at this. I'm the actual worst. Well, I'm not the actual worst. I don't I don't use SJW when I run a clue. No, that's true. Um I think one if you're playing online with people, if they if they say in their game description D and D with a variety of house rules <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope bye. Nope, I'm gonna be on the wrong side of those inside jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think it's difficult because like there's there's definitely people that I wouldn't want to play with and there's I think I think for me the two the two things that I that I have problems with are um people who are unwilling to cede the floor or, or people who are unwilling to go along with ideas um when they happen mm-hmm. and also people who are unenthusiastic I cannot deal with unenthusiastic people around a role playing game table No that you've is got, a nightmare like you've got to want to be there cuz like like, uh, like, if you don't want to be there, just don't turn up. Don't play. And no, like, it's like it's like somebody being sad at a birthday party. Like, like come that's, on. That's the thing. Okay, like I, I appreciate that not everyone has the capacity to like to um to be on all the time. And like I'm doing better these days, but I certainly didn't used to have that ability. Mm. Um, but I think an important part of self care is is saying actually, guys, can't do it tonight. I'm really sorry. Um, but I can't. I can't play tonight because I'm not feeling well enough to do it, um, or I'm not. I'm just, I'm just not infused. But like, if it's not if it's not a mental health problem or if it's not a physical health problem, people aren't worn down. If they're just not if they're just not excited about the thing and they've just shown up. If they've got like their head on their on on their chin and uh, sorry, they've got their their, their chin their head on their chin. They've got their head on their chin. Their feet up their nose. Like now the standard got, human. They've got just <laughs> three eyes. They've got they've got their their chin on their hand and they're leaning against the table and they're just really unenthusiastic and they're just sort of going along. And it's like you you got to buy into this. Yeah. You, like if you're here and you're unenthused and you're and you're not playing, it's worse than you not being here. Like I don't have to entertain an empty chair. I don't have to try and bring an empty chair along. An empty chair can't fuck up. Yeah, and re- just remember, you can always leave. Yeah, you can always leave. That's not a problem. Just say, look, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. It's not you, it's me, etc. And yeah. go. That's fine. I've done, I've done that at con games. Yeah. I've walked out. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm good here. And it, plus, it was like it was like 12 at night. And I'm like, it's too late for me to not be enjoying this. Mm. I'm too old for this shit. I'm going to go back to bed for Jason Morningstar. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we, were, we were sharing a room, not a bed. Right. It was a little erotic. I saw him in his pants. <laughs> but I think, I think at the heart of this, like, if yeah. you wouldn't want to have a conversation with somebody, mm. don't play a game with them because it's going to get worse. Yeah, that's true. Everything is amped up a bit during a game. Because mm. so, it's, it's, it's almost like you're putting on a mask and you've got the ability yeah, to and like, step Yeah, and there's also like, at least a minor fight for control. Hmm. Right. Um, it's not necessarily an antagonistic fight, but there is a fight. Mm. So somebody's going to be pushing their personality slightly harder to get what they want out of things. Yeah. Which is basically fine as long as everybody's friends, everybody's cool. Mm. But if you're a complete dick, that is a huge issue. Mm. Well, well. I, think, I think that's about it for us this week. I think that is. I typed do orcs into Google. Mm hmm. I want you to answer these questions. Okay. Do orcs have genitalia? Yes. Do orcs and goblins get along? I'd like to think so. Do orcs have last names? Yes. Do orcs age? Yes. Do orcs exist? No. 
Oh, that's a shame. Oh well. Sorry. I was really looking forward to, to meeting some wizards, dorks even. <laughs> and on that maudlin note. And on that maudlin, on that on that low energy note, let's wrap up the show. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. Uh, we are Grant Howitt and Christopher Taylor. We have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Hearty Dice Friends. You can come along, and give us some give us some money. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at HDF Podcast or send us an email uh, to friends at gmail.com. Also, if you if you'd like to tell a friend about us or leave a review, if you enjoy if you're enjoying what we're doing, that'd be great. If you have any questions, also if you have any like if you have any ideas for like just shit we can talk about that's vaguely role playing <laughs> game themes, that's also fun because because like I I will say answering role playing game questions is super duper, but you can answer most of them with I ah, just talk to them. Wow! Wow! That's that's the. That, I'm sorry. I'm I'm. I'm Maybe just I'm, give away the entirety of everything. Give away the entirety of everything, and like you can you can get right. A, a lot of role playing questions are social questions, and a lot of social questions uh, come down to miscommunication. Uh, assuming that uh, assuming that either talk to them properly or stop talking to them at all, <laughs> and a lot of a lot of situations come down to that. However. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like please, please send in some stuff. We're interested. We're interested to hear hear from you from the community and to try and get uh, try and get some more stuff coming through the Discord as well. We love you. We have baked you a cake. A gateau. A gateau. However, one of us is hiding inside the gateau. It's, not ve- it's very sticky in there. I oh. presume. I've baked you this enormous dude-shaped gateau. I'm sticky. No, shut up. No, it's not moving. The room's moving. It's one of those special cakes. Like off Tumblr? I've just breathed in ganache. <laughs> Listen, you have to... It's a bit like Neogenesis Evangelion. It's like that LCL fluid. You have to wait until your lungs fill with ganache and then it'll oxygenate your... Oxygenate. Oxygenate. Ox, that's not right. Oxygenate. Oxygenate. Oxy- and then it'll oxygenate your blood. There's a candle in my ear. Yeah. Like an ear candle. That's, Get me that's... out of this cake. Nope. Uh, thank you for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. Goodbye. Bye.